you ever get the uh, deer in headlights look from a patient or parent, right? Disc is your solution. Yeah, or disc is where you screwed up. Exactly. <laughs> no doubt. This is Designing Leaders, the podcast where simplicity meets leadership. I'm your coach, Desi Maynard, your guide on this journey towards effective and efficient leadership. Here we unite theory and practice, bringing you actionable insights from the front lines of leadership. From boardrooms to sales floors, we're breaking down silos and fostering teamwork. Every episode is a new step towards absolute accountability and clear communication. I'm your host, Desi Maynard, and let's dig in. What's up, everybody? Desi here with Designing Leaders, and we have, I think, a celebrity in the house today. One in Dr. Nicole Wax of Wax Orthodontics, founder, lead doctor, all of the great things, built it in the small little town, our town. Yeah, true. Our town of Linden, Michigan. And is in the top echelon of the industry throughout the nation. And we are just so honored to have you on and super excited to talk about this. I'm excited to have the awesome consulting firm of Mainer Leadership <laughs> in our in our town, Linden. I mean, Let's how go. lucky am I? Let's go. So today we want to talk about something that is, you know, not new to you. You've used this, um, but it's new to a lot of the orthodontic industry, which is DISC. So people are probably wondering, what the heck is DISC? Why is it important? What does that mean? What does it have to do with teeth? Um, and basically what DISC is, it's a communication model, right? It is the, it's what we call the universal language of behavior. And it's how we're communicating to every human, essentially. And I always let, make the joke, some dogs it also applies to. Um, <laughs> but the key here that we want to hone in on today is how does it apply to the orthodontic industry? So why don't we just, let's just give them a little intro to DISC. So like talk is just talk about what's your, been your DISC journey, right? And I know I've played a little bit of a role in that, but as far as the orthodontic piece, like what have you tried? What have you done so far? How has that worked? Just give us a little intro to that. Well, you have um, been more than a little part of my disc journey. You introduced me to it. We have conversation all the time about it because as soon as I started learning about disc and how it can really change um, your relationships with people, how you understand people, how they understand you, it, it like changed my world and I became really excited about it. So if you've ever interacted with me at an orthodontic conference or in any sort of conversation, I usually bring up disc. What's your disc? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, you know, I'm a D, what are you, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I think it's fun to talk about. So uh, DISC has really changed how I view people, mm -hmm. how I approach conversation, how I approach business, leadership, sales, all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's a huge part of my life now. Um, so just yeah. like a new filter that has been built in and just kind of how you see in people. Yeah. How you look at their behavior, their communication, their leadership, their sales, all of the above. It's like this just kind of enters the, the equation in all scenarios. Um, give us just a little tidbit of like, where's the practice now? How are you guys doing? What, what's the focus? Like, what's your vision moving forward? That kind of thing for people that, you know, lots of the orthos do know you. Uh, but for somebody that might not know, like, where are you guys currently at? What are you focused on? What are you working on? That kind of thing. So in our practice, um, I've always been interested and excited about marketing, sales, and customer experience. That mm. has been the driver in our practice from day one because it's, it's just core to who I am, right? Yeah. Um, how we treat people, their experience, and all of that. So um, right now, we're 
because we're always focused on that, how we incorporate DISC with that, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have lots of team trainings. I think it's important that um, our team understand uh, DISC and in particular how our patients, how we can communicate with our patients to elevate their experience, right? Yeah. Um, and even assessing situations where an experience wasn't so great, how can we utilize DISC to understand how we could have made that better, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, so projects that we're working on right now, um, we are working on revamping our staff room, our break room, our lunch room, whatever you want to call it, oh, right? Yeah. Um, where we have our team's DISC profile mm-hmm. and more details about each team member because yeah. like when you when you grow, right, we've grown so much with our team and, mm-hmm. and with our practice in general, but um, we need to understand each other. Yeah. We got a lot of work to do, a lot of important work to do, mm-hmm. and the better we can understand each other, um, the better we're going to be able to work through everything that we have to do, um, the better we can serve our patients, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we're working on kind of putting up all this disc information in our break room oh, yeah. um, to deeper understand each other. The disc wall. Love it. Love it. <laughs> For those of you that may not fully understand what that is, it's basically like a poster, right, with each person's picture on it. Each person has like their own little 8 by 11 picture or poster, and then it'll be color-coded with their disc color. So disc stands for dominant, influence, steady, and conscientious, right? So that's each type. And D is red, I is yellow, uh, S is green, and C is blue. So they'll be all be color coded and then they'll have like the, some do's and do not. So with our disc assessment, uh, there's a section in there um, in the results report that says, you know, if you're communicating with Desi, do this. And there's a you know couple, three bullet points. If you're communicating with Nicole, don't do this mm-hmm. and a couple bullet points there. So what we do is we actually let them choose which bullet points resonate with them the most. And then those are the ones we put up there, right? So that's a good way to understand really quickly someone's primary personality and then how to communicate better with them in like a real quick snapshot uh, of that too. And then we can, we have some fun with that and we change it around, (laughs) right? Like every six weeks we'll change it up. So it's not just a picture on the wall anymore. It's like something we talk about and everything, but that's that disc wall. And that was, that's pretty fun. You, you'll really like that too because you'll be thinking about something or your personnel or whatever and you can just turn and look at it. Uh, and that's uh, that's really beneficial tool to have. Um, but I, I liked what you started to talk about. You started to talk about the patient experience, right? I want to hit on the team experience, right? The interdepartmental communication and the culture building that is, I mean, just as important, right? Uh, with that, and I think that that the way that you're using that, you know, and bringing them together and collaborating on it and talking about it. And you, like everyone in the office is just talking DISC. Right? Like, I wonder if they were, were they this? What color were they? Was that the D? Was that SC type of a deal? That is what I have found to be the most successful facilitation and sustainability of DISC is when people just like, they're like, what should we do? Like, what's the secret ninja hack? And I'm like, talk about it yeah like there's no it's it's nothing fancy it's just we get people talking about it before you know it everyone has a platform in the same language so it's literally a new language to talk about all the things that we were already talking about but now we just have the words to be able to articulate our successes our problems our you know with our patients our doctors all those types of things it's like we have words now to go with it which makes it much easier let's hit on the leadership aspect of disc 
right? So when we're looking at leaders and maybe we're growing a practice manager, a doctor, and a front office manager, a TC manager, whatever it may be, what are some of the things that you're looking for and what have you found to be beneficial for your team as far as the DISC style in leadership? So a lot of times when, you know, leadership is all about um, guiding and influencing our team. Mm-hmm. That's really what being a leader is, right? Guiding and influencing our team. So a lot of times, whether you're a leader or you're not a leader, mm-hmm. right, you're having a conversation with some somebody about how, um, what needs to get done or, or how something should look. And you think everyone's on the same page and then time goes by and then the next week comes and you sit down and how's that going? And it went in a complete different direction than what you were understanding in Uh that conversation. Right. And a lot of times that comes down to perception, Mm -hmm. right? We thought they understood, but they perceived the information in a different way. Right. And I think you can really utilize disc when you're having these conversations to make sure the message isn't like lost in translation, right? I almost feel like as a visual disc is a filter. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking, we're both D's, right? So the information is going to flow from my, my voice to your ears, like straight path. Nothing's going to interrupt that message. Right. But if I'm talking to an I an S or a C somebody with a different uh, mm-hmm. you know, communication style of personality than mine, what's going to happen, it's going to go through the, the screen, the yeah. disc screen, and then get all, right? Like yep. um, the wavelength is going to change. The wavelength yeah. of what I'm saying and those words are going to change as they enter their ear, right? Mm-hmm. So if I know what that filter is going to do to my message, yeah. because I know the disc, I can alter how I'm speaking so that the other personality understands it better. Yeah. So I want to give real examples of this Absolutely. because this is how I love to learn, right? Yep. When I'm listening to podcasts, I'm like, I want real examples. How can I take this mm-hmm. um, into my practice? So, so um, like I mentioned, I'm a D and, you know, if you're listening to this podcast or first learning it or whatnot, you know, um, have the disc personalities ready to go. So, you know, okay, what is D yeah. again? Right. I think that's important when you're first learning. I think right? your specific one is challenger DC, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So like for every, for anyone, if you haven't taken the test, go take the test, mainleadership.com. You can get a test. Um, and you'll, what you'll have is like, you'll have an indicator and then you'll have one to three letters. Right. So we happen to be the exact same yep. of Challenger DC. Right. But like my wife is, she's a precisionist CS. There's Peacemaker SCs. There's like 41 different options, actually, um, mm-hmm. that you could, the types of personalities that you could be. And I think in the beginning stages, because you're farther advanced in your disc understanding than me, right? Like you're my teacher, I'm the student, yet, like I've really, um, I've really, uh, take in all this information and run with it because I think it's really important and it's helped me tremendously in my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the beginning, I think at least understanding the four and like your main thing is a good start. It really is a good start. Maybe we should just, should we go there just for a minute maybe? Sure. Right. So D dominant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's going to be, you're going to be direct. You're going to be results focused. You're going to be fast paced and task oriented. Really? That's, probably as much as you need to know right there. Yep. Like D dominant, you're fast paced, you're um, task oriented and you want results. That's it. Right. The I is going to be optimistic, encouraging. The I is going to be also be fast paced, but their focus is going to be people. Social. Social. You got it. Then the S is going to be more steady paced. 
more people focused and they're going to be really loyal, uh, great at teamwork and good at follow through. And that's the vast majority of your population. Like you're going to get, you know, anywhere 60 to 70% of your population is going to be an S personality. The D personality was like three to 5% and the I personality is like yeah, 11 to 20% depending. And then the last one, that C personality also steady paced, but they're going to be heavily focused on tasks, very logical, very detail oriented, very analytical, uh, very rational mm-hmm. and that type of thing. So really that's your DISC and kind of how to identify someone really, really quickly. But let's, let's go to this example with leadership and we'll talk some practical stuff. Right. So you can imagine those screens and how your message might be um, misunderstood as mm-hmm. it's entering this other person's brain and, and all of that. So um, if you are aware of the personality differences, you can take that into account in how you communicate, communicate with them. Right. So um, the S personality that's that um, smooth and steady is like mm-hmm. how I describe the S. Right. Um, the complete opposite of the D on the chart. Yeah, like literally diagonal. The complete opposite. So for me, I know I'm a D, meaning I'm fast-paced, results-oriented, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all we have to know for this. The S, Mm slower-paced and a little bit more people-focused versus task-focused or results-focused. So when I'm talking to an S um, on my team, and my financial coordinator was an S, okay? Mm -hmm. And what I learned because I understood DISC and then I became, you know, could better understand her. What I learned is when we had to communicate, um, for example, when we needed to change things in our, in our procedures or how Mm. we did things in the office, my style would be like, Hey, this is a new way. You're good to go. All right. See you next week. Right. Yeah. That doesn't work for an S mm-hmm. and S will get all nervous. Okay, wait, what am I supposed to do? I'm changing this. Did I do something wrong? Yeah. Right. This is how an S might think you're changing. This is this personal. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't ask me about my day. You know what I yep. mean? Does she not like me? Right. So if you understand that you can alter how you lead in mm-hmm. those scenarios. So instead of me, Hey, Susie, um, this is the change we need to make this week. Uh, you know, make sure you do it this way. The next time you go about this chart, whatever, let me know if you have any questions, close the door instead mm-hmm. of that, yeah. which is like the D style. Yep. It's, Hey Susie, how was your day? How was your weekend? So yeah. see, I'm adding some people cause I know she needs that yep. social, yep. um, personal side of things. Oh, that's so great. You know, I saw your Facebook picture. You Mm -hmm. had a fun weekend, whatever. So you kind of start with that. And then it's, Hey, I want to alter how we're doing the collections process. Mm -hmm. So when is a good time that you and I can sit down to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of slowing it down. I'm giving her a heads up because, um, you know, a strong S is going to be uncomfortable with change. So you have to reluctant. Yeah. You have to kind of warm them up to it. Mm -hmm. Slow your approach. Um, you know, And then we'd schedule that later and then we'd sit down. I would talk slower than I normally would in a meeting. So here I am changing my natural pace because I'm pretending I'm talking to Susie right now. Who's an S personality. So this is how, um, at the most basic level, but probably the most impactful, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been the most impactful way that disc has changed leadership. It's how we're communicating. Yeah. I mean, how you have how you have one on ones, how you uh, lead change, I mean, all of those little mini conversations that happen, to, it's all day long, mm-hmm. right? At all levels of the practice, that's exactly where it's just a little tweak, you know. Like it's not, and here's the thing: is that it's not 
you're still being authentic, but it is the leader's job to meet the needs of their team. And in that particular scenario, the need is just a different style of communication. Exactly. And it's like, so you're going to need to acclimate and to augment and to modify your pace and your priority and your approach and how you lead and really in how you communicate. I mean, leadership, I mean, 90% of leadership is communication, essentially. Um, and so that's where that plays a role in every single one of those. And a really important thing, and I say this all the time, is like when you go to have that conversation, like you're not the most important person in that conversation, which is why you're modifying to meet their needs. And, and that's because the leader is usually like, yeah, but I need this changed. I need this done. And it's like, well, it's not going to get done without them. Well, talk about being authentic, right? Um, for me personally, there's two really important things um, or that I have high standards for mm. in being a leader in my practice. Yeah. One is results because I'm a D makes sense, right? Yes. Like I like results. I mm -hmm. like knowing what my goal is and achieving it and knowing where we are in that process. Right. It just feels good. to do. I like results, but you know what else is really important to me that the people that work in my organization enjoy their work. Yeah. That's, that's authentic to me. That doesn't mm -hmm. matter what disc you are. That has nothing to do with yep. disc, Right. Yep. So, but that motivates me to understand this because the better I can relate and understand people on my team, uh -huh the better leader I can be for them, make it a more enjoyable process, which ultimately is going to deliver the results better that I like to see. Yeah, and now building your practice to the point where it's at, you can't get those results that you want without your team. I need my team, right? yeah. And, and that's, I mean, you run, we run into that all of the time, but they're not, but, but they're not, but they're not. And it's like, but you're not if they don't. Right, if they're not, <laughs> what can I do to help them? Exactly, yeah. Uh, let's go with one more example on that. And I have one for the TCs. Right, so we work with lots of different TCs and using DISC in that consult, right? Whether, you know, if treatment is appropriate, talking about braces, talking about Invisalign, talking about in-braces, all the different types of things, right? So we look at it when our TCs are um, in the first part of that consult, they should be looking and they should be listening. They should be asking a question so that they can then identify who that patient and or more, maybe even more importantly, the parent, mm -hmm. that what type of DISC they are. And then how can they change how that consult's going to go, how they're communicating? Because a C personality might need all of the pamphlets, all of the examples, all the data, all of the research. That D personality might just need to know that your teeth are going to be fixed in X months. Right? Yeah. And that consult couldn't go completely different. Like a D consult is probably going to be much shorter then a C or an S consult. An I consult is probably going to be much more people-oriented and focused on status and prestige and social acceptance and all of these types of things versus the C personality who just wants to know exactly how you're going to do this, what's the process going to look like, why do you think this is going to work. The C personality might also want to hear from the doctor a little bit more because of that quality is so important to them. So as as a tc right or maybe you have tcs like it is so key that they understand human behavior and they understand communication and that they're customizing that and really it's like it's tone it's inflection it's pace it's how they go about that i mean in you know certain practices like there's one i'm thinking of is a like a d a c d d c type of uh treatment coordinator right and we've had to really work on her to tone it down a bit 
slow it down and really dig into the the emotional problem of those patients. Like, how is that affecting how you feel? Oh, wow, I haven't felt confident in a long time. And all of a sudden, mom or dad hears that for the first time. It's like, oh, there it is. Well, what if we fixed that? Then how would that make you feel? That's harder for a CD personality to mine out of a person and to find. So that's a great example there of how we've had to get her to start to feel much more and more uncomfortable in asking those questions. But those are the things that that patient or parent really needs to hear to really make that informed decision about their kid or about themselves to what route they want to go, how fast they want to do it, all these different types of things. So that's another really core example, I think, in a completely different department of the practice. I think DISC is really, um, it's really about understanding how to best communicate with people, right? We know Mm -hmm. that. So imagine being at a party or gathering and you're standing next to somebody and you're like, right, there's two ways that conversation can go. Wow, we had a lot to talk about. We really vibed, right? Yeah. Or... Oh my gosh, I, I really wanted to chat with this person and get to know them, but I really was not getting anything out of them. Yeah. It was really tough, right? We've been in both of those different scenarios of conversations, right? So the same thing can happen in leadership. The same thing can happen in the TC room, yeah. right? In a consult. The same thing can happen um, with an active patient out in the clinic, mm-hmm. right? So how you get around that is if I kind of know, the more you know about somebody, yeah. the better you can find you know, common ground mm-hmm. and have better conversation, right? So DISC is is like the first step in getting to know more about this person so mm-hmm. that you can have a more engaging conversation, right? Yeah. And especially with somebody that um, maybe you don't naturally have a lot of things in common. That's where yeah. DISC really, if you have a bunch of things in common, I mean, the, the conversation is going to flow. It's mm-hmm. just going to be great, right? This is about um, talking with people that are different than you, which yeah. is the majority of people, right? Yep. And um, so we talked about in leadership how we can use that. And it's it's just like altering how you deliver information, how fast, the technique, mm-hmm. right? All of that. Um, so that everyone understands their job yeah. and can, um, you know, create results that everyone wants to see in the most efficient and effective way, right? Yeah, just serve the patient well. And then in in sales or the TC room or the consult room, right? It's about understanding that parent and patient, yeah. right? So that we can take them through the process in the way that they need to take it, mm-hmm. take you know, take that path. Because if we assume they're a social outgoing person, the I, yeah. right? Um, but they're not. We're going to be talking about their kids and their weekend and all these things. That, and they're going to be thinking, you're wasting my time. Yep. That That's an example, right? Absolutely. Or if we're assuming they're a C, a detail-oriented person, and we're going over millimeters of crowding and overbite, and, and let me show you the cephalometric x-ray and the panoramic x-ray, and let me show you all these things, they're going to be thinking, you're wasting my time. I don't care about this. Yeah. Right. And if you think you're talking to a D and you're direct, you're right to the point and you skip over the details and you skip over the social, you've lost that person. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, and for an S that smooth and steady person, if you give them all the options, you can have braces, Invisalign, clear lingual, right. Yeah. Um, we could do elastics. We could do extraction. You've They're- lost them. So, so it's really important to be able to quickly identify who you're talking to Mm -hmm. so that you can meet them where they are. Yeah. And then for the active patient in the clinic, Mm, right? Another one. Yeah. Yeah. I had another example too. I was going with the front. I was going. Oh, okay. I'll let you talk to the front because I I didn't mention that yet. So in the front office, right? So we got schedulers. 
of course. And then that's where your all, all the patients are coming in for wait times and all these things, right? And so the front desk has the first and probably the biggest opportunity to get the initial read, right? The looking and listening, like I talked about, on that patient. They're going to know right away what is the mood of that patient. Are they in a hurry? Are they running behind? Are they good to go? How's the, how's the kid looking if it's a kid? And then the biggest opportunity, I think, here is to be able to relay that information to the other people in the practice, right? To the clinical assistant, to the doctor, to the TC, whatever yep. it may be. That is like, I think, so key. I mean, even making notes on it because you, you can learn a lot of DISC just by watching. Yeah. And listening. Like, I mean, they, you don't even have to ask a direct question. Just watch them interact. In the clinic, the doctor can specifically utilize DISC mm -hmm. um, in how they go over information at the chair side. Yeah. So typically, if you're not aware, you're not thinking about DISC, you're not thinking about differences in, in um, patient and parent communication, you're going to pretty much have this routine of I go to the chair, I check the upper teeth, I check the lower teeth, I adjust my wire, I look at the x-ray, I look at the photo, whatever your routine is, right? Yeah, it's going to be pretty scripted. Um, because you've done it so many times, yeah. right? Well, now if you're factoring in what experience does my patient or parent prefer based on their disc, yeah. your delivery at the chair is going to look a little different depending on the person that's in that chair. Right. Right. Um, so this can really be utilized in all departments. Yeah. And you're, you're checking the same boxes, but you're just doing it in a different way. Absolutely. Right? Nothing changes about your clinical care. You're still going to move the teeth the same mm -hmm. way. Your treatment plan stays the exact same, but the experience of the mm -hmm. patient and the parent on the other side is going to be completely transformed and better yeah. if you take into account their disc personality. And I would say even with that, you know, depending on if you're at, even you're asking questions and the better you are, at that disc personality, the better your patient's going to open up or that parent's going to open up and you might learn something to improve the care mm -hmm. that you maybe wouldn't have known if you were just going through your script, doing the thing, but you have a better, you, you're building a better relationship with them. Excellent point. So I think, you know, instead of being self-centered, I'm going to, <laughs> that sounds a little rough, right? Self-centered. Let me explain. <laughs> you go to the chair and, in, and if you're out of your own head, right, um, let's say you're in your head. You're not considering who you're talking to. You're not yep. considering their personality or their disc profile, right? That's what I mean by self-centered. Again, probably a better word to use there. But you get into that chair. You're not considering that other person. You do exactly what you as the doctor, the orthodontist needs to do, and you exit, right? Very different experience for that patient than if you go in, consider what needs to be considered for that patient, right? Um, you can better serve them if yeah. you better understand them and you better care about who they are and what their preferences yeah, are. I mean, maybe the letter's already in the charts. There's a couple of notes. You know, maybe Bobby or Susie's at a soccer game, you know, and they're an I personality. They really want to talk about people. Or they're an S and they have really low confidence, right? So there's something mm -hmm. that you can say about that. But all of this is, you know, your team plays a role in all of this. And it's a big role. Because without them, like you don't know that info and then you can't even do that. And then you're just back to checking your boxes, right? And the patient experience isn't as impactful. And I mean, those types of patient experiences, those are the ones that they're going to go and tell people about. That's how you go from a four-star practice to a five-star practice. You understand their disc, yes. right? And you deliver and communicate the way they need to hear things. Mm -hmm. So I'm imagining a patient that's a C, 
Okay. okay yeah. A C patient or a C parent, let's say. Okay. okay. They like detail. If I go in and I just say, hey, Susie, hey, mom, how was your weekend? Awesome. Her smile's looking great. We're going to get new wires in and see her in eight weeks. That's yep. kind of a typical spiel, right? If you do that with a C, they're going to leave that appointment feeling pretty um, unsatisfied. Yep. Because sure. they're thinking, well, last time you told me I was a class two, I heard the assistant say class two to the doctor. Is my class two, what does that mean? Yeah. What is it supposed to be? How far off am I, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be a lot more question in their mind that you've now not given them the opportunity to ask because you didn't recognize that uh-huh. they're a C personality, meaning a detail-oriented person likes all those, the analytical sure. side of things. Um so understanding that and being mindful of that, you yeah. can deliver information that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. It, again, it doesn't change your treatment plan or the the, the uh, carrier, you know, right. um, providing that patient. It's it's simply what you're communicating and what you're not communicating. Yeah, and in that scenario, I mean, there's like probably 15 things that are going through your head as the doctor. Yep. And in that scenario with a C parent, it would be literally just verbalizing the things that are going through your head. Oh yeah, that looks good. This looks good. That and literally just saying all of those things. Yep. They're they're probably thinking, oh okay, good, yeah, okay. And then how much value do you add in that really even a, a quick, you know, um, experience there that wouldn't have been there just and because you are you already thought of them. You were literally going through it in your head. And it's all you nothing had to do, extra. No. And if it was an S or any other personality really type, mm-hmm. you're gonna keep all those thoughts in your head. Because they yeah, don't want to hear it. Or you're just going to give or them it's the gonna why. Or going to confuse them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just get, hey, here's why we're yep. doing this. And then relate it back to like their feelings and their emotions or whatever it is that you found like in the console even of their initial problem for coming in. Oh, uh, when you can, it's like almost like a 360 approach with that. Because it's like it hits all the different departments, right, in a practice. And it's all honed in on that patient experience and the patient care, yep. which is just, I mean, it's cool. They feel Let's go with that. Like, how does that make them feel? It makes them feel like we know them mm-hmm. intimately. You know what I mean? We're their best friends. We're yeah. their family. We've been with with them, you know, for a long time, mm-hmm. many years, right? Yep. That's how it makes them feel. Yeah. Because we're talking their language. Now I say, like, you want to build a practice that no one ever wants to leave. Patients, team, all of the above. And that's how that's going to, they feel understood. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when someone comes out, you're like, we're going to get you this result. We're going to do this. You know, you said this, this is what we're going to get you. This is how fast we're going to get to you. I, I, when that's talked about to me, I'm just like, you get me. Yeah. Cause you're, you, you understand. That's the D language right, right that's there. That's that D, that's <laughs> that D, that D language. Um, but feeling and feeling understood and feeling like, you know, they're part of the family. Like that is stuff that they will go tell other people about. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about a new patient walking into your office, Desi. And they're handed a menu. Yep. Which kind of service would you like during your orthodontic experience with a circle, D, I, S, or C? Okay. That's great. And it literally describes what they get in their package. Uh-huh. You get a, you know, whatever it might be, what that fits that yep. personality. They circle it and we follow that menu. The service plan they picked. Yeah. Right. Now, this is an analogy. An analogy. We don't actually do this, but yet we do. Absolutely. That's what we're explaining. Yeah, that's what we're explaining. Right. And and really from an internal perspective, I mean, that's really how you could build that experience and train the team on that. 
right? Like this is a D experience. This is the I, this is how this changes. This is how this is altered. Right. And then the whole team knows about it. And it's, that's the perfect analogy. <laughs> you want to create coming. a scenario yeah. where it's literally like circle, which letter, but we do that for them, Yep. which is even better. They're not, not everyone's coming in for steak and potatoes. Not everyone's coming in for a salad. Not everyone's coming in for a fruit bowl. Right. Yep. What are they coming in for? Yep. Yeah. Each letter is going to be coming in for something different yep. for sure. No doubt. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's so good. I, I, it's just so key. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what are some of the most common challenges that you see in communication, either with patients, parents, or within your team? And maybe we just dive around all three of those. Some of the most common yeah, communication call them challenges or challenges. Obstacles. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna think in examples, okay? Yeah. So I have um so the way our consultations go in our office, right? The TC is the first person that mm-hmm. starts to kind of understand why this new patient is there. Yeah. Um, records are done already. TC comes talk to talk to the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that the doctor can better understand why this patient is here, what they're looking for. And then the doctor will go in, yeah. have a conversation, and then TC takes them to the end, right? Yep. Um, so it is challenging sometimes when you walk into a consultation room and you see a new patient and you think it's going to go one way. And you're totally derailed because that patient is asking you questions you weren't expecting or giving you um, maybe emotion that you weren't expecting. And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, okay, hold on. I got to back up here. Yeah. I'm clearly not like, delivering. Reset. Yeah. Yes, I got to reset here. Mm-hmm. So where DISC can be helpful is if your TC is trained in this, right? Mm-hmm. And they understand DISC and they understand and they can identify what kind of patient that is and their communication style, when they're talking to you, they're going to give you a heads up. Yeah. Hey, this parent is a C. She wants a lot of detail. So don't go in and just briefly go over everything. You're going to dive into all of the diagnosis and the specific treatment plan, right? All the things. Very different. Now, if I do that, you know, or this parent is an S, right? So now I know I'm going to guide them through each. Yeah. Section, yeah, I'm going to guide them through that consultation differently than I would anyone else, right? For sure. Um, so that's a common challenge where we use DISC to help us and help the patient, so like, right? Like how the TC gets that info to you, the doctor, yeah, and, and, and quick, how the quickly, doctor uses it, and also quickly, yeah, and then how the doctor uses that for sure, yeah, and that that's probably common even with really any department to yep. any other department, mm-hmm. right? I'm even thinking like. If you like pictures to TC, like there's an opportunity there. Front office to clinic, there's an opportunity there. That that ball probably get is a common ball to get dropped. Yep. Right, just because oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that was a thing. Or there's a hundred patients in a day, and we're trying to do all the things. Yeah. Okay. So that that's good. So really, it's just that that like you know daily morning huddle reminder. It's talking about it all the time. It's having the disc wall. It's making sure that we're following the checklist and, you know, in our new patients and the front desk is paying attention and all those types of things to make sure that there's sustainability, right? And scalability, honestly, um, with that scenario that we're really focused on that patient experience and DISC playing a big role in that. If you ever get the uh, deer in headlights look from a patient or parent, right? DISC is your solution. Yeah. 
or disc is where you screwed up. Exactly. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is for sure. And the good thing is, is that like you can change that game really quickly. I mean, really quickly. And then they'll actually love it because they'll notice your effort. And people, and people do notice that. They understand, like, maybe right away in the first 10 seconds, you are definitely not like them. But all of a sudden, you start mirroring. You start echoing. You start modifying your behavior and your communication. They're going to kind of unconsciously know and recognize, like, you're, you're trying to get on my same page, and it's, it's, it's helpful. And usually, you know, you're, you're selling value, you're selling trust, and you're building those things in the rapport as well, which just makes for a better patient experience as a whole. No doubt. Um, let's, let's hone in on the, how's that? Okay. So let's start to talk about personal growth with this, right? So there's a lot of, uh, orthodontists out there who are just like reading, watching, listening. Like I'm thinking of like the, the, the younger you, and I mean, you're still an absolute learning crazy person, just like me of like lifelong student. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like we're taking notes and there's smoke coming out of our pens, (laughs) but I know there's a lot of people like that. So talk about like the, what's the personal side of that? The personal growth side of, you know, human behavior, communication, disc, that piece. And how has this kind of helped you in that area? Well, I think every single person wants what they want, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, they want to feel understood. They want to be understood. And um, for people close to them, they want to understand them too, yeah. right? Um, and I think DISC is a really critical part of that, right? It, it has, for me, really enhanced how I communicate with people and how I perceive other people. So in personal life, in professional life, mm-hmm. with my team, with my family, whatever, right? Um, I take what I've learned from DISC to better understand my children, my team, yeah, right, um, my friends. Yep. Uh, so it really helps to reduce frustration when I'm not seeing eye to eye with somebody yeah, for sure. or they're not seeing eye to eye with me, whatever, right? Um, it really, it's, I'm saying, no, I think to myself, I think to myself, no, this, this isn't like tension. This is misunderstanding. Yeah. Okay. I need to understand their disc, right? I mean, that's huge right there. Of oh, this isn't tension. This is misunderstanding. Yeah. That, that, that's a key aspect. Cause like, I mean, seven, eight out of 10 times, that's exactly what it is. It's just miscommunication, misunderstanding. It's not like I hate you, you hate me. It's just usually not the case. But you said something there. You said how you provide information and communicate like externally, like you given. And then also how you take it in, receive it. Yeah. Those are two different things. Like, I mean, those are black and white different scenarios there. So let, let's hit on that a little bit because that's a cool one. But so it's basically what verbal things or nonverbal are coming out of my body and my mouth. What am I saying, essentially? And then how am I processing what is said to me? Yeah. So, I mean, the way we use DISC in communication can go so deep, right? And, oh, yeah. And I mean, you just nailed just some of that complexity. So um, I'm very aware of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of who other people are through my understanding of DISC. I'm very aware of how they're going to perceive me and how I'm going to come across, yeah. right? And vice versa. So, um for example, if I'm having a conversation and I'm like, oh, my D is real strong here, 
right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because what we haven't talked about and that you'll get to as you learn and you dive deeper into DISC is perceived self, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the three graphs. Yeah. Okay. So the three the three areas of DISC are? Yeah. So the mask, the core, and the mirror. Right. So your mask is going to be like your public self. And it's basically like, what behavior do I think my environment expects of me? That's your mask. Usually what you show at work. Okay. And then your core is like how you respond under pressure and in crisis. Okay. So think like unfiltered. Your true self. Yeah. And then your mirror is like your self-perception. What you think about you when you're alone standing in front of the mirror Um, And your biggest potential for change is the mask because, and here's why, because it's the mask is what you think your environment expects of you. So if you can change your beliefs of what you think your environment expects of you, then you can easily modify your behavior for that. Right. But all of this, the key to all of it, and you're saying it is self-awareness. Absolutely. So under stress though, Desi, which a lot of times, you know, a busy orthodontic practice can be very stressful. You got a lot of demands from your team. You got a lot of demands from your patient, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The business demands a lot of you on the backside. Um, And so it is during stressful situations, it's more likely that your true self, your core disc profile is going to show itself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where I'm not modifying myself to be best for other people. I'm just truly being who I am, right? Um, And so when you're aware of these things, right, when I'm stressed out or whatnot, there's a lot going on that day, I might be extra fast, Mm -hmm. because that's my natural, right? Very fast paced. Um, I might be direct to the point yeah. and give me the results. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. These are 3% of the population. Yeah. So meaning that doesn't work for 97% of the population. That's kind of a big number. And nearly a hundred percent of your team. So yeah. if we know we have stressful days, right? You can't get away from that. Um, you're going to have to, and you're mindful of these things, then you can say, all right. And I've said this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm do I'm not doing a great job um altering my disc to best lead you or yeah. best communicate. I understand. I'm very direct and to the point right now. Please be, you know, forgiving of that. I'm just trying to get yeah. through whatever we got to get through, right? Maybe you say something like that. Again, I'm a D, so I'm going to just directly communicate that yes. that's happening, yeah. right? I'm not going to beat around the bush, but that's my personality. Um or hey, I don't know how to better word this. I know this isn't coming out the right way. Right. And so anyways, you know, no matter what your disc is or your personality type is when you're aware of it, you can have conversation around it. So even if you don't nail it the best way possible, at least you and your team can have conversation around it. Absolutely. And you hit on something there. You're saying your natural self, right? So there's really two types there. There's natural and adaptive states. Okay, so you, you want to be able to balance these things because if you're in an adaptive state, which is basically your mask, like we were talking about, for a long period of time, it's incredibly stressful and super high effort. And like eventually, that's where you'll start to see burnout, essentially, from different people in your practice. So that's where even when you're building a team, and this is why I want to hit on this, like you need to know their discs because if you put a super high S personality in an incredibly fast paced environment that deals with a ton of details. 
That is not natural to them, which means they're going to be in an adaptive state for a long period of time. Like there's potential burnout there. Right now, can we do that well for a long time? Yes, if we know we're doing it and we're really intentional about how we balance that. So what you just said brings me to hiring. Yeah. Because if you have, you know, if you are a fast paced practice, um, you're going to be mindful of, okay, what kind of personality does, does this person have? Because if, like you said, if they're an S, they're really probably going to struggle long-term mm-hmm. in a very fast paced environment, or at least be mindful in the role, yeah. right? That they're going to go into. I think that's a really great, I mean, we could have a whole conversation on hiring with yeah. disc in mind. I would say the role is probably most important because- it's the task and people that they'll be doing mm-hmm. during all day, every day. Um, we actually, we have an assessment called the benchmark and interview assessment. So what you do is you benchmark a certain role, like a high performer, like whoever, like who's your perfect TC or literally pick any role in, in your practice, right? And then we benchmark them on a disc. Then we kind of keep that in the file eight. And then when you're going to interview someone, we give them a disc and then we overlay them and say, what is the compare and contrast this? And it even spits out specific questions to ask them in that interview process. But, and, and that's, a, that's an in-depth assessment there. And that'll make sure that you're, you're hiring the right person for the job in comparison to people that are in your practice that are already doing it really well. But I think at a surface level and a basic level, if you're not paying attention to at least the disc versus the role, then you're missing a mark and you're probably it's disc is going to be the answer to why so-and-so didn't work out or why they burnt out or why they came to you and asked for this or wanted that. The disc is probably the, either the problem or the solution there of either you misaligned to the disc to the role, you know, or you just didn't even think of it. And none of this is like, you know, always the case or never the case, right? No. Like, because there's, there's still individuality, no matter what your disc are. We're, we're the same exact disc profile, right? DC challenger yet. We're very different, yep, right? For sure. So keep that in mind. But, um, where was I going with that? Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what we found is we, in our practice right now, we have found that certain discs really excel in different positions in oh, the yeah. practice. Yeah. So we found right now SCs, or CS, so it doesn't matter the order right now, but SC personalities make very good clinical assistants. They're okay. detail yeah. oriented. They're like systemized, right? Mm-hmm. That's very important in the clinic yeah. to follow like certain, you know, um, order of an appointment, check certain details and really uh, make sure we're detail oriented. Both of those letters. S and C together. Both of those letters. And here's, here's why I think that's where, and I, I got a feeling that that's industry wide. That's in, why I'm sharing in, this. I, you know, because. Yeah. And I'm literally thinking about this on the spot, thinking about all of the things that they need to take care of, right? They, it needs to be clean. They need to have patient care. So there's a lot of tasks there, but there's also a person there. And that's that, that's the combo of an S and a C or a C and an S is I got to do all these things and I got to do them right. And I got to do them in order. C personality. Yep. But I'm doing them with a person, yep. right? That patient in the chair, and I need to be able to relate. I need to be able to modify my, I need to build a relationship. And that's a CSSC. Yep. That's a really, yeah, I think we're on to something there, industry-wide. And, and I'll tell you this, I actually, over a thousand of these assessments now, we have not found a trend like that in any industry. And I have an inclination that might be an initial one because of that unique combo 
And the role is very specific role, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what they do, right? And that's how they do it. And I think that that's, that's going to be interesting to look. So in our practice, SC make great assistance. Yeah. Um, managers are leaders, right? Or yeah, leaders, DIs. Mm-hmm. DIs make great leaders in yep. our practice. TCs. We got a couple of really great TCs. I would say just based on the numbers, uh, CD. Oh yeah. CD? Your I don't know. Yeah, that was C, a little so. harder. There's all, the, the number of people we have to analyze the, yeah, the sure. data is smaller. Cause there's two TCs. Usually the best, a, the best salesperson is like an ID. Okay. But I'm going to take that as a massive compliment because I would always say you can train any letter to be really great leader or a really great salesperson, right? And and our two TCs are uh, CD and IS. And IS. So, so totally and both different. of them very high performers. Um, so those are those are uh, trends we've seen in yeah. our office. Yeah, which are, are I think are, are take note of. It would almost like if you're a practice owner out there, if you're an orthodontist, like just go through the different roles and go, you think they're fast paced or steady paced? Do they focus on tasks? They focus on people. And you can get a pretty good read really quick of like, oh, I tend to hire a lot of CS personalities (laughs) or I tend to hire a lot of D personalities because I, I know a common challenge is definitely, and this happens in all industries, is that like, you know, your early on practice owner or business owner will hire people like them because they like what they see and hear because it reminds them of them. And before you know it, you're like, I didn't need that. I don't need more of me. Right. I actually need people who are totally different than me and are doing different roles than me in that scenario. So that's a, something to always watch out for. But disc is a good way to you'll recognize yourself and you'll like it just natural human behavior and psychology, right? So be cognizant of like, I'm a, D, I'm a high D personality, but I totally understand the need for good C personalities in an organization and how important they are, even though they might completely frustrate me yep. often, you know? And I, I know exactly how important that I personality is to team morale and enthusiasm, right? And culture and all those types of things. And then we got to have our S personalities to follow through and actually get something done, you know? And I have a really cool training called the right people in the right boat. And it takes, it's like the George Washington American, like the revolution. And it pulls people out of the boat and then puts them back in and explains like what'll be different and like how, you know, George Washington was a D personality. And then you got the people, you know, rowing the boat and the rudder is a C personality. And it's like, Oh, let's remove that person. Oh, the boat just goes in a circle, but confidently in a circle. And we're going to, we're going to win. That's funny. And it's like, think about that. If like, you need all four of these personalities to build a really good team. They all have strengths. They all have dark sides for sure. And weaknesses, but it takes all of the, it takes the village, right? It takes the village of the disc to build a really good, strong team. For sure. So let's, let's go with this route. Um, Cause I wanted to hit on, you know, kind of my journey with personal growth and that. So when I first started doing disc, it was, I mean, it was, I was a teacher. So I was a special education teacher for 10 years and I was doing all of this stuff before I even knew the word disc. And what I was doing is I was co-teaching in every different classroom. So like seven hours during the day in high school, I was teaching with a different teacher all seven hours, which is like, and I finally was like, am I like, is anyone else doing this? 
nope, you're the only one. And I was like, okay, why, I guess, why am I able to do that? And before you know, it was like, I can just blend. Like I'm good at going in and going, this is your domain, right? But I'll find my way in there. And then it was like, okay, this thing, like I have this talent and skill, but I'm not sure what it is. And then it was like, I saw a disc with John Maxwell, right? Who were certified through. And I was just like, that's it. That's the thing that I was doing all along. And it was just like, I can finally say what it was that I was doing. Like I was adapting well. Yeah. Like you I, were recognizing disc patterns before you knew what it was. Exactly. And it was really, I think what it was is all of my training and special education and how like I have to learn how to teach the same concept five different ways for five different learning styles and different disabilities. So the way I learned that when I finally put disc to it, it was like, Oh my gosh, there it is. And then it was like, Oh, that's the, that's me. Cause honestly, by the time I started looking, the biggest, the hardest part for me was me. It was the first part, which is who am I? Cause I was just so used to just, you know, chameleon blending into what was around me. And it was like, who am I naturally actually? Like if I were left to my own accord, who yeah. would I be? Cause it was all about serving the kids and making sure I communicate well with the other teachers and all those, like I was the least important thing there. Right. But I knew how to adapt. Well, right? I knew how to change. I knew how to modify. I knew how to augment and I, I knew how to do conflict better, you know, but the, attaching that was like, Oh my gosh, that's what it is. Desi, all the times that we've talked about, you know, disc and previous careers and how you got here. I never knew that. Yeah, I wanted to share that story. And I think that's honestly the first time I really articulated that of how that built. So then it was like, I mean, it was like pouring gasoline on fire when I finally got the training and dove in. It was like, so this is like for all humans, <laughs> like not just me. And then it was like, you know, and I, you know, I think a lot of the orthodontists out there are like, oh, this could really help my practice. Like this could really help your life. Like this helps you with at home, your friends, your kids. Like we have student success reports. We've gone into schools and given, I mean, entire high school, these reports to help the teachers. I mean, it helps the parents at home, all these different types of things. I mean, I guarantee you're already having conversations about the littles of like, oh, that's, that's that S person. Oh, there's that D personality. And they're like, and you know, mine are four and six. Yeah, you know, how, how old are yours? Uh, we have a three-year-old. Well, we have a newborn, eight weeks. Oh boy. So I don't. He's pretty calm so far. I think he's going to be an S. That's early on at this point. I think point. he's going to be an S. He's chill, <laughs> baby. Um, and then we have Everly. She's three. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be a D like mom. <laughs> and then Oliver, again, just super sweet people, very empathetic. Like yeah. he already at his age, he's seven years old, very empathetic um, and mindful of, uh, you know, the people around him and everything. And I think he's going to be. And S as well. Yeah. And uh, honestly, Desi, um, dare I say my favorite personality? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about that. Because I bet you people will be to very surprised at like who I like, who my best friends are. Who are your best friends? I'll let you go first. My best friends are I personalities. You like the eyes? Which is crazy, right? Because it's so different for me. You're going to talk your ear off and you're just going to be okay with it. For sure. Because, you know, <laughs> what do I do every day? Yeah. Because I talk every day and I'm the one that usually people are looking at. Right. When I'm hanging yeah. out with the eye personality, I can just sit, sit back, back and be you and know that like we're probably not going to talk a ton of business yeah. and totally fine with that because I just talk business all day long. So it's just like hobbies and encouraging because maybe by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah. Right. And I like, I don't want to be serious anymore. 
And so some of my best friends are, 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 are IS personalities or like I personalities or ID personalities, which is really interesting. Well, I'm, th- I'm thinking of some of my closest friends and I, and they, a lot of them are DIs, right? They're yeah. strong like me. Um, but, uh, you know, strong personality, but they have that social side too, where I can sit back. I do like to do that too. Yeah. Like sit back and you can do the entertaining, exactly. right? Yep. Um, but S's are my favorite people. And the reason why are my favorite personality and the reason why is they're just so calm. They add the calm to this. my crazy. So I don't think you would, I honestly don't think that you would find a pattern between disc and who their favorite people are because yeah. that's where our individuality for sure really for comes sure. into play. Like you just said, your favorite's an I, my favorite's an S, yeah. right? Very different. Yeah. Um, just your whole situation and scenario comes into play there, which is like a hundred different variables that makes you, you know, you're seeking out different things. Like I always say, you know, even with like relationships and marriage and even ministry, like disc is always unique because opposites attract. Yeah. Right. And you might have like a super high D personality who's a pastor, you know, but they really love people and they're super passionate. So they might operate like an S a lot because they love that thing somewhere that's so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, you know, w- no matter what disc you are, like you can augment, modify, adapt to what's needed around you. Right. The key is self-awareness is a superpower. No doubt about it. Like there's no one disc that's better than the other because I question no. is asked me all uh-uh. the time. So I should be more like this. And I'm like. No. It's like paint colors. We all have preference of paint colors. There's not one paint color better than the no. other. It's just another color, right? Oh, you just probably brought up like the great debate. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's like a couple out there arguing about Uh-oh. paint colors, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, we were talking about the kids, yeah. right? And um, so, like I said, I think I've identified that Oliver's, my, my son's an S, right? Yeah. So how do I adapt my parenting to their personality, right? Great question. And so with Oliver, my S, right? Um, I can't be quick. Like Oliver today, we're not doing it that way. We're doing it this way. Yeah. Right. That will throw him off. You know, he's got, it it just doesn't work for him. Mm -hmm. So instead it's like, okay, Oliver, every day, you know, after school, this is what we're going to do. This is the expectation. Mm -hmm. Do you like this idea? Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. My daughter, I could be like, we're switching your room and your bed tomorrow. And she wouldn't care. Right. She's a D She's like, how about right now? I mean, this poor girl in, in three years of life has had three different bedrooms, like four different beds because of home remodels and all of this thing. The very first night I took her from a crib to a bed, to a different room, she slept fine all night long our son we would have had to prep right because of his yeah. personality right um and if you know disc and, and you and you you understand what s means mm-hmm. you'll know okay i can't make quick change yeah i gotta give him time to warm up right. kind of slow the pace down a little bit um we would approach that very differently yeah yeah and it's 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 so true that really starts to take mold in those formative years but i always say like and this kind of applies to all human behavior and communication. You can look at DISC two different ways. You can look at it like over the long horizon because like we've known each other for years. And now over all of my experiences and observations, you're a blank personality, fill in the blank. Or uh, you're, you're a patient or you're, I just met you and this is the read I'm getting. DISC also works then because 
maybe you're a D personality, but you're totally like having the time of your life and I'm getting the vibes of an I personality. I can deal with that I personality right then and there. Right. So it's always like, Oh, well, don't I need to know him? Do I get to see this? It's like, no, you read what you know over time or what you're currently observing. And the same thing goes for, I mean, whether it's a patient, parent, team member, friend, that kid doesn't matter. Right. And like, even, you know, son or daughter, like ours, I'm finding even a difference in my oldest at home and at school, way more confident and deep personality at home, way less at school. And that's interesting because then I have to have different conversations and I have to mine out more questions from her and ask her more about it. Like, Hey, what they didn't let you use the sled. Why didn't you say something? Yeah, because you know her natural self is a confident, deep For personality. Sure. And so through time, you hope she can be her confident Absolutely. self at school too. Yeah. Because that's her the natural self. There, it could, it would, I don't think I hit on this, but I was talking about the graphs. right? So you'll have three different graphs. And oftentimes, they'll be slightly different, maybe totally different, or all the same. What you want eventually is very close to the same thing in all three graphs. And the reason is, and all that means is that what you think your, your environment expects of you, how you respond under pressure, and how you feel about yourself are the same. Well, that's what this authenticity that, you know, is the buzzword, yep. you know, um, for a lot of people, that's really what that means is being Absolutely. your, uh, you know, your authentic self, mm -hmm. no matter the circumstance. But you gotta, you gotta work with people. You don't live in a bubble. So you also have to adapt. So, For but sure. there is a way to be authentic, but yet still adapt in yeah, communication. Absolutely. Cause it's, you're not changing who you are. Yeah. You are just serving whoever it is that you're talking to. Well, That's and then it. you're going to go right back to who you are. Like, it's not like I didn't, it feels like I'm changing who I am. You're not self. It's, it's how you um, get away from being self-serving yeah. and being servant to other people. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's really what it comes down. Like you're not the most important person in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I would tell a leader, Hey, um, it's probably your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the problem is you're facing in leadership, it's probably your fault mm -hmm. because you're the leader. Yeah. You know? So I think that's uh, a really good way to look at it. And a couple of cool ways to apply it to the family setting, to your home setting, to your friends, to your kids. Uh, it, it's, it's really fun. And it's, it's a, a way that I love to give perspective on it of like all humans. But a lot of times you got to like really spell it out and be like, no, 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 I mean with your family also with your friends also like this works in life. And I mean, honestly, one of my favorite things, and it, this is kind of, would be like the, like, here's what to go do with this is like, just put that filter in your head and just be like, Ooh, D I S C. Ooh, what the person behind the counter? Oh, that salesperson. Oh, my, you know, my husband, my wife, my friend, my brother, my uncle. And just start going, what, what does that mean? What does this mean? I think about it all the time. So if somebody gives me a, like a response, I was like, oh, I didn't like that. I'm either thinking to myself, are they having a bad day? Or maybe it's just their disc, yeah, right? What was the one um, on the road the other day? It was, oh, as I'm sitting in traffic. Oh, I'm okay. So, okay. I was in traffic and I messaged you, Desi, and I said, I wonder if there is um, statistics to show that in the right lane, there is a different disc 
you know, people that are more a certain disc than in the left lane. It's gotta be S personality. S in the right. right. They're just smooth, <laughs> steady, going with the flow. D's in the left. Like, oh, I yeah. gotta get by. And <laughs> going fast. Got a place to yeah. go. So, when you start learning these things, I'll tell you, you're gonna think about it in a whole lot of different oh, scenarios. Yeah. The I personality is probably the one just weaving it Waving out at the neighbor. Having some you know, deep conversation calls. on yeah. the phone. Jamming just... to the music. I'm good. I'm jamming to the music. And that's where, like, you can apply it to all these different scenarios yeah. and just go, I, you'll start to just understand human behavior. Mm -hmm. And that is just what has intrigued me this entire time. And the reason why I've dove into this so deep is just because human behavior in general is just so intriguing. And then be, to be able to now use that to help serve people more powerfully, get them to help them solve problems, right? Whether it be a patient or a leader, like it doesn't matter. Just helping people solve those problems. It's been a really fun journey. Uh, and helping, but let, let's let's end with this. So, what is and this is how I always like to end it, because um, I think I have something today, but it's it's going to be dependent on what you say. Um, what is the advice that you would give younger Doctor Wax when you like maybe you just you're just fresh cutting you're the cutting the teeth right out of college? I'm gonna go do a thing. What would you tell her now? <laughs> I wouldn't give her any advice. Oh my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a challenger DC personality right there. No, 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 no. Let me explain. I wouldn't give her any advice because I know young me and I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. I was going to figure it out. Right. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anything to scare me away from that oh. because it was a hard road and yeah. I knew it'd be a hard road. Um, but for a DC challenger, which is my personality, yeah. I need those challenges to figure out, right? Yeah. Um, but if I were to give myself advice, uh, it would be to understand the challenges ahead. You don't have to have the answers. Ah. You don't have to have the answers. You're going to find it. And in, in, in my suggestion to you, little Nicole, <laughs> ah. is to talk to as many people as possible. Ask so all good. the questions. Don't yeah. ever shy away from asking questions and sitting down with people. People want to help you. They're going to mm -hmm. feel good to help you. You're not burdening them. I always have, I still have that in the back of my mind when I need help. I'm like, I don't want to burden anyone. Everyone's busy, yeah. right? You're not going to burden them. So ask the questions, understand the problems, the challenges that are going to come, mm -hmm. right? Don't, don't be so blinded by your goal and getting there that you're, you're ignoring things that are going to be hard yeah. or get in the way you need to understand that. And then ask lots of questions and be a lifelong learner. Yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, seek wise counsel. And I think there's like a, I don't think it's a myth, but it's like as, you know, small business owners or just beginning entrepreneurs, like I feel like, and I, I mean, I think I thought this too, is like, it's like me versus everyone. And it's like, actually, it's the opposite. No one really wants you to just fail, right? Like unless they are your, like they're my next door competitor doing exactly what I do. And even then, it's like, even like if we're competing and, the, and we win and the other one goes out of business, it, we're not really like, I won, that's awesome. It's more like, oh, why couldn't we both win? I think that we're always our worst enemy. Yeah. Always, right? And for somebody who may not have like uber confidence, right, in mm -hmm. yourself, yeah. Um, just know that you're the only thing that can get in your way. Yeah. And I know it, it might sound cliche, but... If you say you can, you can. Yep, and if you say sure. you can't, you can't. And no one else can tell you if you can or can't. And if they are telling you, 
It doesn't matter. Yeah. Only you can decide what you can and cannot do and yeah, achieve. We say it all the time. We say, you know, we're going to implement some new things. And you got two options. You can either put the effort towards proving it right or put the effort towards proving it wrong. Ooh, I like that. It would help you and serve you much better if you put the effort towards, you know, proving it right. So that's 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 so good. And I had to kind of learn that the hard way as I kind of went it alone. And then it was like, hey, I found a mentor who went, who has gone further than me, faster than me, and done all the things and doesn't need anything from me to then just be like, I'm dealing with this. Should I feel like this? I feel like I don't have any friends. This is harder than I thought. And they're like, yep, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, you've already been through it. And it's so good to get that counsel. But sometimes we're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to steer the boat all by myself. It's we're going to win, you know, because most of us are very determined in that way. But so I love that. So mine, I think I would say you better have really, really strong faith because like you're going to get dumped on hard and this is going to be much harder than you think. So are you sure? Now, I also know myself (laughs) and then I would say, yes, I'm sure (laughs) probably without a half second of thought into it, right? Because even though D's might make really quick decisions, in no way does that mean that they're correct. Yeah, but you know what, Desi? D's are 3% of the population, so most of the people listening to this would not think the same way. Correct. Yeah, yeah. They're going to think, oh, gosh, okay, I'm not doing this because that sounds real scary. Yeah. Right? So have the confidence that you can get through that. For sure. With the faith that yeah. you're talking about. And I mean, obviously, and, and many of you know my backstory, but I mean, I was a teacher for 10 years. My dad passed away out of the blue. He was my, he was my, he was my rock. He was my, my everything and my role model. And after that, I left teaching having no clue what I was going to go do. Like even then. So it was, that was seven years ago. Now, I mean, if you had told me I'd be working in the orthodontic field, I'm like doing what? <laughs> like, do, am I teaching their kids math? Like, or, or what is it? You know? Um, but that's what I mean by like, you're going to go on a journey and it's not all going to be fun and it's not all going to be easy, um, but it will be worth it. So you're going to want to make sure that you're pretty heavily rooted and faithful uh, in that journey and that, you know, you don't just need to see good things, but you can also appreciate the bad. Like, cause with no bad, there's no good with no dark. There's no light. Yeah. And like, I definitely learned that. <laughs> I think challenges motivate us more than successes. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a good thing. Cause there's going to be challenges. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, if you had confidence in yourself and you, you hold your faith, in the right things, you'll get there. And then you better apply Dish to all of those scenarios. <laughs> True. Team, thank you so much for joining us today. Disc and everything, orthodontics and personal growth with family, with all of the above. Thanks so much, Dr. Wax. It's been a powerful conversation and we're definitely going to have to do this again. Thank you. I always enjoy our conversations, Desi. All right, team, we're out.